Hi everyone, I'm very excited to host uh, Megha Gupta on my podcast, Mooja Day, Weaving Stories. Uh, we're doing a series of podcasts where we are hosting entrepreneurs to find out about their journeys of entrepreneurship, challenges they've faced, and how they're using technology to embrace the new world. Um, so Megha is a dear friend. She's the founder of Haravi Market. It's a uh, fantastic and enterprise that actually puts the craftsmen who are the heroes behind uh, so many of the artifacts that we see, which, which is bags, um, briefcases, shoes, anything that is created, uh, she puts them in the forefront and acknowledges them for their work. Um, I would really love to know about your journey through entrepreneurship, um, what got you to launching Dharavi Market. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and Dharavi Market as well. Hi, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Uh, so I am an accidental entrepreneur. Uh, Dharavi Market started six years ago um, with no intentions of it being a full-fledged business. It was just uh, an idea. It was just a thought. So a little bit into my background. I am an urban planner by profession. And I was working as an urban planner with a company in Bombay. And Dharavi happened to be my research project. So I was in Dharavi to study the transport planning and how goods are transported from one place to the other and how actually locals communicate and commute. Uh, so it, it was a six-month on-field research project. And that's when I first entered Dharavi uh, into the narrow bylanes. And I saw the amazing work that happens inside those little uh, slums, you know, inside those little huts, in those uh, eight by six rooms. Uh, there's so much stuff being made and whether it was bags or accessories. So initially I just bought stuff for myself because I was spending so much time with the craftsmen, just understanding their lifestyle, you know, like right from morning 7 a.m. to 12 p.m. in the night, like how do they, like what are the things that happen inside that workshop and inside that lane? Uh, so I just bought stuff for myself and I was like, this was way back in 2012. And I thought that uh, if I ever want to buy anything directly from a craftsman again, I'm never being, I'm never going to walk into a slum and, you know, buy directly. So I wish these guys had a website of their own because we had all started shopping online. Uh, like those time it was uh, largely Flipkart and Snapdeal. Um, so it was just a thought, like, I wish these guys had a website. So we will, you know, anyone could buy it. They will get a better reach. They'll get a better price. Uh, it, so it started with just a thought. And I shared it with the people who I was working with. And they absolutely loved it. Uh, but then, of course, I just didn't want to uh, sell products because selling just vacuum shoes was never my interest. Uh, the whole story was about giving them an identity, giving them a better reach, giving them a better life. So the Dharavi story had to be weaved in into the website. Uh, it was never going to be just a website selling products. Um, so obviously I didn't have money saved for it. I had no idea uh, because there was no, uh, I had no idea how to go about uh, selling products or getting it sourced or creating a website or even understanding the finance bit of it because I've never studied finance in my life. Uh, so I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't have the money, but it was a thought in my head. Uh, for like, And I was doing other projects, like that project got over and I moved on to another project. 
but that thought still lingered you know like it was kind of haunting me like you know what about that what about that idea what about that idea so i didn't know because i, I was like how am i going to find people to you know shoot videos of zaravi and you know write craftsman stories or anything it's just too much work it's not one person's job and i don't have the money to actually create this whole thing but then one certain day i was like chuck everything let me just do it i just bought a domain name on godaddy called dharavimarket.com and i was like let me just start a website we'll see what happens and it was just like that it was like okay i have a job so every month i do get my salary and gradually i'm just going to like put in a bit every month and create a website and then we'll see what happens um so i started with just like hardly five craftsmen hardly 20 products and these were all clicked from their cell phones they were not edited and the stories like every single on the first version of the website every single thing typed on the website was actually done by me as to come back home after work and do it in the evenings so it took a lot of time and in 2014 end of 2014 we launched it and the day i launched it it kind of went viral like i don't know how i had actually like i'm not kidding i actually had zero rupees in my bank account because whatever money i had i used to get for this i used to just put everything onto the business right um without thinking and it was like because i live with my parents and i had no overheads as such i was like okay i'll get my salary next month you know it'll be fine like i'll be okay with it so i just put it and um, yeah it kind of like the day i launched it so i put it up on my facebook and because i have a journalism background as well some journalist friends saw it so my first article came it was a small 350 word article in dna that was read by a lot of other journalists that it kind of snowballed and we got a lot of publicity the economic times gave us a center spread like 15 days after the launch of the website so that kind of uh, you know changed everything for me like i started getting calls from across the world for and it happened for the next 3 weeks after that article you know like people were just sending good wishes just emailing messaging that thank you for doing something like this the headline read dharavi's digital deep uh, digital leap uh, so uh, it was something uh, which everyone said that this should have been done a long time ago because dharavi is a manufacturing hub with something everyone knows but nobody's ever bothered to get inside the lanes and actually think of helping the craftsmen so that because of that thought uh, everybody really liked it the company who i was working with decided to give me a grant and they gave me uh, $5000 for it so it was a very small amount but because i had absolutely no capital to start with uh, it kind of helped you know i rented an office space and then i employed my first person and then it was just everything was learning on the go i had no idea how to go about it whether figuring out how uh, how to ship it to whatever yes but it's been 6 years now and we are a small profitable company oh and this is what i want to do and i can't imagine doing anything else right now yeah the pr that actually snowballed i think that's something that you feel uh, really help you kick start daravi is a brand in itself of right. uh, we kind of utilized it earlier mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean i also didn't know that it's going to happen this way so that's amazing so anything that uh, you know you wish you had done differently uh, when you launched like if you were to launch today and any of the learnings that you feel that you could apply could have done differently uh, so the good part of starting small and not having too much money in the beginning is that your mistakes are also small right and 
easier to get over them like if you start with a lot of money you and you don't know anything about that industry because i had no idea about the product industry or the website or the e-commerce business or anything right so uh, so there were a lot of mistakes small small mistakes but uh, like our growth has been very slow and our mistakes also have taken a long time like it was not like a big sudden mistake yeah. uh, so i wouldn't say like i would do anything differently but yes uh, because we got so much press and so much publicity in the first 2 3 years like i don't know i've done more than like 100 200 interviews uh, with like even the international media like right from your bbc to japanese television to german television to like the forbes and everyone uh that we attracted a lot of investors mm-hmm. which i think was my mistake because i was too early like within 6 months of the business uh i started having a lot of investor meets and we obviously didn't have the numbers uh so chasing those i mean not chasing i mean they were coming to me and giving it so much time at that one time i almost wasted a year and a half uh with the investors because they were all asking for too much there was one who was asking for 60% of the business the others were like around 40% of the business mm-hmm. which obviously didn't make sense to me. um and like in fact with one we even signed the term sheet and uh, the money was going to come in our bank accounts and they were based in singapore and they told me that okay today there's some national holiday in singapore we sending you the money so it it'll come tomorrow and this is all after like a year of negotiations right and i need didn't come and they backed out uh so whatever energy i spent that entire year was like i didn't spend that time on growing the business i actually spent on interacting with the investors which was i think a waste of time but yeah a lot of learning about all of that but yeah so those interactions were just too early in the day you said that your energy was early yeah so i think it's it's important to have a strong foundation uh, it's important whether you get investors or not your business model your revenue model has to be self sufficient as to as in you need to be you need to have a business model which is going to generate profits and not depend on more on more cash burning so yeah. i mean right now uh, like it'll be good if we get investors but even if we don't get investors i'm very comfortable because we are growing at at a pace which is very comfortable for me and so it's okay like right. yeah that's amazing so um maybe a little bit about actually the craftsman like uh, you know working with the unorganized sector is a challenge uh i mean anyone who anyone who's done a little bit of it knows that you know getting your point across explaining anything to me and getting the right product um is not easy and then now your uh, you know your client base became international right so there's obviously a level of quality that is expected in your products so how did you actually bridge the gap and any learnings in uh, overall handling managing the whole uh, farizer community what are your learnings there uh so initially i did have a lot of problems where the carrier used to tell me that okay i'm going to give you the product tomorrow and in that tomorrow is to never come even like after a week's time mm-hmm. and i had already promised the client that okay you know you are going to get the delivery so and so so uh, obviously there was a lot of uh, screaming and yelling and there was a lot of anxiety as to end up crying because you know like i've not delivered uh, to the client and you know yeah. as to just keep thinking out good enough for this business Yeah. so but then you learn over a period of time uh, like one thing i've learned 
working with the informal sector is you need to be patient and you need to build trust mm-hmm. uh, of course you need to understand little uh, i mean i maybe it's just like the indian thing that you know when you say today it can two days extra is not like a delay you know mm-hmm. so that's something which i have understood so now i always keep a buffer so if i tell if if the 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 craftsman tell me that you want to get it tomorrow i always say five days later to the client so i do keep a buffer in that sense so those little things are sorted and when it comes to uh, you basically see they also want business and they also want good uh, clients so right. as long as you maintain good relationship with them make sure that their payments are on time you don't cut an necessary for like little minor mistakes and uh, like you're there for them and you know then they like right now in fact during covid the relationship with the caregivers has become so strong uh, because of like the work which we've also helped them with a lot of food supplies so right now like i've had calls uh, in the last one month and in fact we get a call every single day from some workshop or the other just asking like how you are they just like and some of them like i got covid last month so like i got so many calls even from the craftsmen asking uh, you know like they've told me like you've helped us so much like we just hope that you take care of yourselves so i think uh, it was like really sweet and uh, it's just about building relationships and long term trust so then it's very easy then i don't find it difficult at all right now right yeah so I definitely come a long way from the screaming and shouting like you said in the beginning and to then yeah. actually uh, calling you said yeah, tell right us now that's little bit about the sorry that you did during the lockdown for the community like you i know you did a lot of things for the yeah so last year uh, was a bigger uh, effort which we had put in like because it was a sudden lockdown and it was a very strict lockdown and i mean i know how caregivers function right uh, they don't uh, they are dependent on food from um, other sources like because they are like group of four to five men living together in one house with no kitchen and they're dependent on these different services from other people in the house and so last year when it was absolutely strict uh, i and they would not be allowed to step out of their house uh, so my immediate concern like the very next day like 24th march was the lockdown and 25th march we started a donation drive to give food to the craftsmen because i like you know it just didn't make sense the idea was to give them ration so that they could make something on their own uh, though they didn't even have a kitchen but they told me that they'll manage to source it from uh, their neighbors and that you know who live with families and then they said they'll manage to cook in their kitchens but at least provide us with grains so we did that last year which was around 80000 meals last year and this year uh, because the trains were open Uh, a lot of them left right in the beginning just when the lockdown was announced and uh, then whoever so may uh, may has been more difficult like in the first month month people were still managing uh, may like we started getting a lot of calls again for ration and food uh, so we've tied up with an ngo called khana chahiye who is providing with food and we have our team uh, our caregivers in there we distributing to whoever needs it so we were again uh, you know like in a day's time like when i just told them like i got a list of 215 workshops like just in a day like you know along with the other advances like you know we need food so uh, you so uh, you raised funds specifically for this drive last year we raised funds for this this year on um, i i mean i donated personally to khana chahiye but khana chahiye is like a big uh, ngo now who's okay. uh, basically 
distributed food. So we've not raised funds this year, but uh, we are providing logistical support to them, to whoever needs food in the area, our craftsmen are distributing it. And uh, overall, like how many craftsmen do you deal with in Dharavi? The scale of like the reach? Um, like I said, so last year we had a list of 2000 craftsmen, like in a month's time, who we got in touch with just for the uh, food distribution, right? So like right now, during my peak season, on an average, I work with around 200 to 50. Uh, 250 karigars that is during the peak season when there is a lot of work like none of the karigars are on my pay payroll it's always drug work uh, but we have some of these workshops who are like very regular with us and they largely do just our work yeah. but uh, yeah 250 is on an average or something which work yeah. oh no that's a large number of people to take care of and uh... No, no, it's actually really commendable. I feel like the way you started the brand where you felt for uh, these craftsmen and uh, the reason why you started the brand was to put them in the forefront and making sure the whole journey of building trust with them continues with your efforts of, uh, I mean, getting just food on the table, which is literally the bare necessity. So let's talk a little bit about your journey also. Uh, I mean, for all of us who run a business, uh, you know, shutting overnight March 2020 when lockdown hit. I think it took us all by a surprise. So um, tell us a little bit about your journey. What happened? What did you go through? And what are the kind of challenges you faced? Um, so like I said, we were already in the sixth year, like the fifth, five and a half, six years for business. So I do feel that I've seen the worst phase in the first two, three years of business. COVID for me was not the worst year business-wise or even personally. I feel the first two, three years were a lot tougher where and I might have, must have gone through a phase of depression as well. So I've never got it like clinically tested, but there were phases where I should just keep crying for no reason, like while having lunch or just while driving to office, you know, tears used to just roll down. And that I do remember very clearly it happened for eight long months where obviously there was no sleep i used to sleep for like hardly two three hours mm -hmm. a night and it was i mean so that for me dealing with that phase was the most difficult part so mm -hmm. when covid happened uh and, and like i said i've dealt with phases where i've had no money in my account or even like in the first year where i have just five thousand left in my account or six thousand left in my account and you know i would not know i would like how would i sustain that day you know mm -hmm. so like every day at that point of time was a fight for survival uh, so right now i knew that when covid happened last year i knew that i had enough runway for three months so i'm like okay you know, three months I've, I've seen worse so this part. and i initially got into the donation drive like so my first month like the whole of april last year because i was doing it myself like coordinating every single thing buying every single uh, ration kit like myself so uh, that took a lot of time so I was not stressed at that one time in fact last year was a good break for me April May because I didn't really have to think of sales or growing business so because I have not taken a break since 2014 like end of 2014 like I've, I don't remember taking like 10 days off and you know not doing anything so that's not happened uh, so it kind of helped to slow down which like I badly needed mentally and physically. Right. So, um, and in terms of business, uh, 
of course it did slow down a lot june onwards like it was very battled june like even in june when things opened up we hardly had any business but luckily july onwards last year we had a lot of repeat clients we in fact so we covered up like we had the same turnover as 2019 in spite of three months of zero business or like almost zero business three months so uh, we covered up so i'm not complaining like it obviously there was no growth uh this year uh, again so april may again it's been almost zero business and uh, but we we have orders we have export orders i have confirmed orders we haven't been able to execute it uh because a lot of raw materials are not available you know like and i can't change it because those samples have been approved so i don't want to change anything from a new vendor or anything right now so i'm waiting and uh so i'm hoping it'll pick up uh pick up again and like we so i focused on uh creating a website like the whole of april and me have spent uh, the entire time uh dealing i mean revamping the website that's where i put in my energy because that's not something to get time during when i'm dealing with orders mm -hmm. so i utilize my time like i'm not scared of uh, going bankrupt or not having business Yeah. happen slowly but i think but that yeah it just irritating that you know growth would have been yeah no no i, I feel like yeah, i'm just sorry. everything has to have that uh, positive spin since you said you've seen the worst and you've seen the low uh, during your initial years you have the resilience to take the lockdown in a different way basically yeah. and um, maybe uh, and i also feel that because of how because uh, like we, we built a business model where you you know you're saying go making money and it's not uh, you know where we were just burning cash or anything so it's it's because the foundation was strong i think we were take, able to take the blow right right so i think that's important so anything specific you feel like in terms of adoption of technology that you've done which you wouldn't have done uh, if the lockdown wouldn't have happened like are you doing anything different in your business today um i don't know nothing drastically different because like i said i'm dealing with the informal sector which is not a very tech savvy sector so i mean we basically used to use a lot of whatsapp whether it's your whatsapp video calls or voice calls or uh, or voice notes or to interact with the craftsmen so that is still continuing um we still are a very small team so like uh, you know we don't uh, i mean i'm not like i've just prefer calling and speaking to a person and telling them like okay this needs to be done or you know let's discuss this uh so i i i'm like basically what i worked tech part is on the website but i don't think so i've done too many technical have adopted to a lot of technology or done anything that differently yeah so one thing you mentioned that you do interact with them through voice notes yeah uh, so the so voice notes is a big part yeah voice notes because obviously uh, the craftsman can't read and write yeah. uh, so whatsapp images and voice notes is something which we interact we use a lot like especially uh, you know because i can't obviously every single doubt cannot be like you i can't call them every single time or they can't call me every single time so we just uh, like leave a voice note and especially like 
if it gets late in the night and if something urgent if they want to get in touch with me they leave a voice note and then yeah so my whatsapp is on 24/7 like i'm always on it that's amazing so um, i think we overall talked about uh, you know the industry being so fragmented and uh, you know like the the any brand that uh, is directly facing the consumer nobody pretty much knows where their product or where their raw material has come from and i think your entire effort and i think it even goes with the brand name so anyone's buying anything from dharavi market obviously knows that it is being made at dharavi so anyone like um, i just wanted overall your advice on somebody launching a new brand in uh, maybe the fashion or the accessory space Uh, what would be your overall advice to give them in today's day and age in today's new normal i think today it's the best time to launch uh, your brand uh, because like i was just reading the forecast for uh, 2021 by wsgn the fashion forecast and they very clearly mentioned that you know uh, the west is going to move towards brandless products uh, products which provide the luxury and the quality of a high quality brand but need not have that big brand's logo on it and because they wanted to be affordable they wanted to be uh, utility driven uh, so i think for indian manufacturers it's the best way to reach out to more and more customers like i forgot to mention about uh, d2c marketing like uh, that's fun technology or whatever marketing technique uh which we've adopted right now we in fact we've just signed a contract uh, for performance marketing and we are going to because i've revamped the website now i'm going to focus a lot on performance marketing so for anyone who wants to launch their brand right now uh, in the fashion space d2c marketing that is your direct to consumer marketing is the way ahead i have seen very positive results of people who are like other brands who are very close to me um and like because they are friends so they've told me their numbers and it's just amazing what it can do like you can really become a big company a big profitable company like in 4 to 5 years time if you stick to it where you just provide good quality products to customers at an affordable range and the world is there you know to buy uh that's how you know your indian companies like boat who's providing your speakers that's how they've gone big there's so many indian companies whether in the tea space or uh, in the ayurveda space where they've gone global and they've had turnover in of crores in just a year's time because of this t2c marketing and because they are they're focusing they are just this one product good quality product um and taking it and so you don't really have to bother about brands and stuff anymore because the world is moving and the gen z they call it whatever so they are more you know woke as such and not focusing on buying the high end branded products so that's good for us and and yeah and if you if you weave a story of where it's come from and who are the people behind it and how your purchase can actually help the entire community lift so then i mean i mean nothing it shouldn't go wrong like hopefully right fantastic so i think this is all about like riding the wave of uh, conscious consumption so the end user basically knows that where is your product coming from and who's made it then who's been involved and which is actually putting your brand stories out there and i think uh, 
uh, very strong insights that I, I like the word uh, brandless products because it's all about quality yeah. and functionality yeah. more than just what you're wearing and who you're wearing. So great. Thank you, Mega. I think it was a really lovely session. Thank you for all your insights. And I hope all the listeners have a lot to take back um, in terms of, uh, you know, starting a brand with an essence and how to use technology and how to take it forward in this new normal world. Thank you so yeah. much. Most of I had fun chatting with you. Yeah.